the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show Hour 2, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. It is good to be with you as we are each and every day from 3 to 5. And uh, we talk about the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. Once again, you can join the conversation at 888-528-2557. Lots of things going on in the news. I want to thank you for uh, everything that you did to uh, rescue kids in the last couple of days. We're so grateful for that. You can still join in on that by going to uh, your radio station website, KKLA in Los Angeles and uh, KPRZ in San Diego. Just click on the banner there. Uh, It's such an important thing to do when there are so many crazy things going on. I want to talk about uh, anti-Semitism for a minute and just share a couple of things. First, though, before we get to that, something you keep asking me, and I I don't want to miss having the time to do this because I appreciate all your letters and your emails about it. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned uh, that I lost my wallet and we had a great discussion about it. So many calls about, you know, what do you do? Uh, you know, do you give a reward? Do you expect a reward if you find it? If somebody returns it, what happened? Well, somebody re- brought back my wallet. People keep asking, is your wallet come back? And I was pretty confident that somebody would probably find it because I did something stupid and I left it on top of my car and it fell out in the road somewhere. I got the wallet back. If you're watching at KKLA.com, this is it right here. This is the wallet. It's empty now, so it doesn't have all the stuff in it. They didn't empty it. I'll show you that in a minute. It's got tire tracks on it, though, all kinds of crazy stuff. I guess people were running over it. Anyway, uh, UPS driver Javier found it, and uh, he he couldn't bring it to me. It was so great. He was just apologetic uh, that he couldn't bring it right away because he's busy. You know, you know that if you're a UPS driver. Uh, he's pretty busy. And so uh, – and everything was in there except I had a bunch of receipts. I don't even remember what those were. But uh, as far as I can tell, everything was in there, including the the cash that I had. And so he, he – I said, uh, hold on. I'll get you something. And uh, he said, no, no, you don't have to give me anything. And I said, no, I'm going to give you something. And uh, I, I gave him five times the amount that was in the wallet. So he did well, I suppose. But it's not a lot of money. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, was the right thing to do. And I'm so grateful for him. And I tell you that story because there's so much anti-humanity on the news right now, right? There are so many things that we're watching and we're just going, how can this be? But... You know, one of the reasons I was confident that I would get my wallet back is because I never felt that it was stolen. I knew that certainly somebody might pick it up and thumb through it, take the cash out, and then throw it away. I thought about going and looking through trash cans along the route that that I went. But in the bigger picture, I was pretty confident that uh, I would get it back because most regular people, I think, want to do the right thing. 
Uh, I, you know, this guy, uh, maybe if there were like $300 in it or something, maybe he would have done something different. I don't know. You know, there's a level where people get tempted in different ways. It wasn't really valuable. Uh, thankfully, I never did uh, cancel my driver's license, so I don't have to go uh, do all of that. I did get a new wallet, and uh, it's a lot thinner because uh, <clears throat> I'm just going to try to do that now. And I got one of those uh, air tags in it that uh, supposedly will find your wallet. The funny thing is, is ever since I got that, I've been thinking to myself, I kind of want to leave it somewhere deliberately just to see how long it takes to uh, come back to me now that I know that. Maybe I should just leave it in a restaurant tonight. We'll see what happens. All right. Anyway, thank you for all your uh, your comments on that. It's been uh, It's been fun, but in a serious way, you know, I think that an awful lot of people still do the right thing. And I think when we look at what's happening now, one of the things that is important that we do when we look at the Israel situation is we take a minute to really check what it is that we think. Because I've had to go, what is it? What is the history of Israel? What are some of these things that are being said? Are they true? Are they accurate? What is the different point of view? Maybe sometimes it's just an issue of point of view. Sometimes there are things that are issues of, of true and false. And certainly there's a, a moral difference here, which matters a lot. Okay, uh, to that. Um, And I started to look it up. I want to talk about this. I'll get your calls here in just a minute. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. You know, one of the things that we're hearing from so many people, and we're hearing mostly from people on the news right now, is people who are liberals, I would say, who are stunned at people who are on the far left who have joined with Hamas. There have been some statements that aren't just about, hey, you know, we want Palestinian people to have rights and all of that. That's okay. But when you're on the side of the murder and the rapes and the killing of the babies and all of that, you're on the wrong side. You just are. When you're on the side of Jews should not exist or that uh, the Jewish people should not have a homeland anyway, anywhere, you are on the wrong side. And uh, we have to call that out. This is the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt. He's on MSNBC, and he's called them out a few times. And he's he is somebody who is on the left of things, and MSNBC, of course, is on the left of things. And, you know, if we're going to fix things or bring things back to the truth, then what's interesting about that is you have to take the log out of your own eye. All right, so things that are wrong on the right, well, people on the right have to take the log out of their eye. They're not going to listen to people on the left. And the same thing is true often with people on the left. It's hard to to take the other side's word for it, right? So this is uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, and he's talking about why is it that even now this is still true, since he said this yesterday, a couple of universities have come out, but why is it that so many uh, educational institutions have not come out with a statement about this when they are so quick to come out with statements about just about anything that happens. But where are the university presidents who gave clear statements about all these other causes that mattered? Black Lives Matter. Stop AAPI hate. It matters. Stand for Ukraine. It matters. Why are they silent on dead Jews? Why Why is my inbox empty with messages from CEOs, from major religious movements? Why? Where are they? That is a profound statement. And that that question still exists. Why? And some of the statements that eventually came out where you kind of hemmed and hawed and it's like both sides of it. Harvard's was terrible. Stanford had students actually put out sheets with red paint meant to look like blood with anti-Israel, anti-Semitic statements on it, and nothing was done. 
One person who's at Stanford said, you almost kicked me out because I didn't want to get the vaccine, but you're not going to do anything to discipline these students who are doing that? Why? You know, when you are a, you, you want, when you put out statements that call for the blood of any group, in this case, Jewish people, why is it that you're silent when it's about Jewish people, but you're not silent when it's about anybody else? Uh, Columbia uh, put out a statement about Indigenous Peoples Day on Monday, but nothing about this attack. I mean, there's an irony there, isn't there? Indigenous Peoples Day, because who are the indigenous people if there are any in the area of Israel? I mean, really, have you thought about that? And if you think it's the Palestinian people, the first thing you should know is that Palestine is something that was invented by the Romans in order to squash out uh, the remaining people of Judah and Israel once they destroyed that. And in the early part of the 20th century, Palestinians were Jews and Arabs, and there were Jewish Palestinians and Jewish Arabs. And at one point, it was called Jewish Palestine. That'll blow your mind. I, I sent people, people's mind went crazy on a Twitter conversation I had last night where I pointed that out because they, they put up these maps where what it's trying, they're, they're complaining about was, why doesn't the news show that all the land was Palestinian until 1948? And then they show these maps of the Israelis uh, taking over all this land. And I said, well, that's because the maps that you're putting up there, everybody was Palestinian, including the Jews. That, you know, and it's just like you have no idea. There's a history of why that is. And by the way, at the same time, the Jews were offered a homeland. So were the Palestinians. And uh, they said no, although there ended up being 22 Arab states and only one Jewish state. You know, if you don't understand that and I, I'm realizing that we don't get it so often what the history is or what the differences of opinion are or where statements come that are just not true. Uh, this is bad. So in the. The area of anti-Semitism, I looked it up, and I want to make sure because that we say this, because a lot of what we're seeing right now, we're talking about left-wing anti-Semitism. Some of you might not think that exists, but I would encourage you to go to the Anti-Defamation webpage. They have many pages about it, and they are alarmed at it, and they're especially alarmed right now. But their pages that are written were written before this. It's because it's increasing. It's just a little bit different. But I want you to know that there's stuff on the right, too. Wherever you are in that spectrum, anti-Semitism is wrong. It is evil. All right. And there's a lot of it that comes from the right side of things. They're, I don't mean correct. I mean the, the far right. And those, you know, far right and left, it's a, you know, that can be different, you know, I think from different people. But we should not miss the fact that there are actual real white supremacist groups out there, real ones. There's some fake ones, right? There's these guys who sort of dress up at Nazis, but they're really not. They're really left-wingers. They're just trying to discredit whatever political candidate would be there. There's some fake stuff going on. That happens. But there are real white supremacists. And they say so, by the way. They say we're white supremacists. They're all white guys, usually guys. Uh, and they're very scary, and they openly hate people who aren't white, and they hate Jews, and they are very open about it, and they are anti-Zionist. They don't think Jews should have a home state. They're very vocal about it, and these groups are growing around the world, in Europe especially, but also in the United States, and there's a lot of evidence for this, and they often advocate for extermination of Jews. They don't believe that there should be a Jewish homeland. Usually when it's coming from the right, there's a lot of complaints about 
you know, the the idea that Jews run banks or they run, you know, they say all kinds of stuff like that. I tell you what, people sometimes send me, you know, videos or things they want me to read, and I'll read it, and often the, I can't get back to everybody, but, you know, I'll watch the thing that you sent. And usually it has nothing to do with any of this, except sometimes they're coming from these sites I've never heard of. You know, it's not YouTube, it's not a news site, it's some other thing. And... And I'm not, I'm not saying those things are all right, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. And then I go to the comment section, and it's all anti-Jew hate. And it has nothing to do really even with the video. It's just massive, gross stuff. Nobody should have anything to do with that, and especially not Christians. Just, you should not be there. Don't be a part of it. Don't even go to those websites, because they earn you know, credit or money sometimes by the number of clicks and the number of visits you're, you're contributing. And it's important that we recognize this, and especially in light of the fact that we're seeing very blatant uh, Jew hate around the world right now from all, all different corners of it. And especially, I want to say, as Christians, we should have nothing to do with that philosophy. We should be opposed to it. And I'll tell you what, if you're kind of on the right side or the conservative side of things, then you need to recognize a danger to things that you care about. One of those dangers is the parental rights issues and about, you know, taking the pornography out of schools and stuff. I'm on that page. We talk about it all the time. There are books that should have nothing to do with school. There is stuff going on in LAUSD this week, coming out week, taught to kindergartners about trans people and and intersectionality and all this stuff that, you know, what does a five-year-old know about any of that? But that's happening, by the way. If your kid's acting weird this week, uh, you should probably ask if they're being taught something new or strange because they probably are. That's this week. That's happening right now. Uh, Some of you took your kids out. I'm glad you did that uh, for this week. Um, But some of these uh, white supremacist groups are coming up alongside on issues like parents' rights and other things. And I'll tell you what, they're going to destroy those movements. They will discredit parents who just want to care for their kids. Stay away from them. Reject their philosophies. They are also evil. It's just a different evil, but it's evil. Sometimes evil will come up against other evil in order to draw the allies of good away from the fight. You cannot sympathize with somebody who is a white supremacist or some other kind of racist or an anti-Semite or whatever it is who are openly saying this, by the way. I'm not, you know, right now everything's white supremacist, and I think that destroys the entire the entire thing because there are real ones that you need to avoid, okay? Uh, talking about people who identify themselves as that, okay? People who are part of groups that identify themselves as that. Um, if you do not condemn what they believe just because they might vote the way you want or help you on some other unrelated issue, you're going you're gonna to lose ground. You have to, you must call out evil wherever it is. ADL, the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Now, this is what I find interesting. In 2021, in their records, they recorded 484 anti-Semitic incidents attributed to known right-wing extremist groups. Known groups, okay? Groups that say, hey, I'm right-wing extremist. Um, Or individuals who openly inspired that kind of ideology. But the next line is interesting. It says it represents 18% of the total number of incidents. Only 18% were on the right. There's a whole lot going on on the left. And ADL is a left organization, or liberal, I should say, is a better term. And they go on to talk about these right-wing groups, and they're terrible. They're, I'm not going to mention them because I don't even want you to know. They're, they're awful. And they exist, and they are 
they are evil and they should be condemned. But some people feel like in the philosophy of this age that you can't have racism or this kind of thing on the left, but even the Anti-Defamation League, it says this on their website, one area in which ADL has seen growth of anti-Semitism is with elements of the political left, and they go on to describe it, and it's very systemic. And they talk about anti-Zionism, a movement that really is just about against the Jewish right to have a state uh, and the state of Israel to exist. And it employs anti-Semitic tropes to attack Israel, to attack Israel supporters. It comes through boycott, divestment, and, uh, and sanctions movements. I mean, there's movements out there that do not give to uh, Israeli companies or companies that are run by Jewish people and stuff. And these things are coming from the financial, professional, academic uh, groups. And the ADL has pages about this. And that's what we're seeing in the news right now. And, you know, this there is a spiritual reason for this because of the relationship that God has with the Jewish people. Uh, I believe for real that's, that Satan exists and he hates Jewish people. He hates Christians too. He hates people in general. Uh, but we need to recognize, and I think we're seeing it, we cannot step away from the evil that we're watching. When you have a bunch of people come out in Sydney and start chanting that happened a couple of days ago, gas the Jews, that's what they said, gas the Jews. When you have people in New York coming out and celebrating specifically and groups in Chicago and L.A. who put out posters now showing Hamas with their, uh, their uh, umbrella things. Uh, what are those things called? What are those things called? Uh, paragliders, right? Is that the right term? Flying in that they used to kill all those people at that concert. Uh, that's not something to celebrate. That's sick. It's the worst of all humanity to celebrate that. Uh, we can't do that. And we have to call that out. All right, this is Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Carlos and Van Nuys, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Hi Carlos. Scott, it's Carlos. How are you doing? I got two questions. Yeah. Uh, um, tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't it when God the Father said, go and kill all the Palestinians with all those things, and the Jewish did not kill, save some? Well, and the- God said that uh, from now on they will be snare or something like that. Yeah, there's uh, the first thing is they weren't Palestinians, okay? That word did not exist uh, back then. Uh, there oh, were, I see. There, okay. That's something that's, it's an interesting part of all this argument. There's never been a Palestinian state ever. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that'll blow the mind of a lot of people, I think, today. Um, and that's not saying that people who call themselves Palestinians today don't have uh, a claim to have a state. Not saying that. But, you okay. know, you can't say that this was the whole argument that the Jews somehow stole the Palestinian land uh, doesn't really work. When you go back in the Old Testament and God did instruct the and this is one of the hardest things, I think, in the Bible, did instruct the people of Israel to wipe out uh, these other cultures that were there. Uh, because they were barbaric and they were just uh, murderers like Hamas. That's basically the uh, the idea. And uh, Israel didn't fully do that uh, most of the time. And they have had this battle ever since. And you're right, there's, there's, it's deeper than this in the Bible study. But the prediction that there will always be animosity uh, is true. It's Old Testament. It's been happening for thousands of years. Uh, okay, the second question is, my grandson asked me, does... Adam have a belly button. Right, that's... A <laughs> you know, I got to win this argument. I already lost Santa Claus. 
Yeah. <laughs> you lost the Santa Claus argument? Yeah. <laughs> you know, which, which side did you take on that? There's really only one side eventually. Yeah. Well, I know there's no Santa Claus, but for him, I said there's Santa Claus. So, you know. Yeah. Well, how old is he now? Does he still think that or does he, does he come around? He just turned six. He's six. All right. So he's uh, one way or the other figuring that out, isn't he? Yeah, the belly button is the the next subject. So anyway. Yeah, you know, uh, nobody knows if Adam had a belly button or not. Presumably, uh, the answer would be no. Okay. All right, but, All right. Uh, you know, we'll, you'll have to ask him one day. Yes. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Carlos. Bye. Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Bless, bless to live in the city of the angels. Um, I just wanted to comment that uh, we're all guilty, all of us. And, uh, you know, the benefit of growing up in L.A. is, is I, I dated every color under the sun with women, and I just couldn't make my decision on which one was more beautiful. So I just think it's terrible that, you know, people want to hate on each other. And they and it's across the board. I've seen every color discriminate, discriminate against each other being from L.A., and uh, I don't think anybody's innocent, and I just think that unforgiveness is the problem, and that, uh, and also, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, uh, didn't Jesus say, if you hate Jewish people, you hate me? So I, I, I don't believe you can claim to be a Christian going around hating Jewish people. It's just terrible. Uh, you terrible. can't, you and, can't uh, hate uh, anybody, Ted. And, you know, I think you make a good point. i got to go to a break here in a minute here, Ted. Okay. But I think you make a good point. Something to keep in mind is that we're talking about specific people who hate people, anti-Semitism at this point, or racism in general, the things that are real. If that's not you, just keep in mind that you're guilty of something else, that I'm guilty of something else. All of us fall short of the glory of God. The reason we have a Savior is the reason he had to die, the reason it's so violent, uh, is because the the cosmic rules of God that made it necessary for someone to die for our sin is real. The evil of our sin is real. The expense of it where blood needs to be shed is real, authentically real, spiritually. That's what we believe as Christians. And somebody had to die. And all of us are guilty of it. And that is something that we have to keep in mind, too, when we are angry at a people group or angry at some other group, that the answer for them, the answer is the same as the answer for us. We have to we have to love and forgive people. We have to recognize that God saves people, that the answer for people who have been brought up in, uh, uh, say, some of these areas where they just teach you hate all the time, where that's the schoolwork, that's everything about it. The way out of that is Christ. Uh, I don't know if there's another way out of that for uh, some people and what they have been taught. It's Christ. But we can't give up on that hope. And in that, in that vein, and i got to go to a break, but we got to pray for, for missionaries who are over there in Israel and in the Gaza Strip and elsewhere who really are doing the work of the gospel. Some of them uh, aren't, but some of them really are. And uh, that gospel message really is the hope that people need right now. i got to take a break. 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you. 888-528-2557 is the number. Let me go to the phones here. Uh, Annette in Simi Valley. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello. Um, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Pastor Scott, and thank you for your show. I really do appreciate your knowledge. Um, something that hasn't been mentioned that is, of the history of Israel, the land itself, was the Romans were the ones that named it Palestine because it's a Roman name. And yeah. and they named it to completely eradicate the fact that the Jews had been there because they wanted to completely get rid of them. There yes. was something they did that went against the Romans, and, and and eventually the Romans had enough, and they they obliterated them. They, they sent them all over the world, which was meant to happen. That's what God wanted. That's but, right. Like, yeah. I think that's one so, of the things that people don't understand, is that there's never been a right. nation of, called Palestine. There have been, there's been a region called Palestine. There's, there's at least one reference to the word Palestine uh, from Greek history that's a little bit before that. And there's some argument about to what that represented, but it's the same thing. It's just a region um, but not a state or a people group. It's It might have been the Philistines, as some people think maybe that drew from, but ultimately the modern word is uh, exactly what you said. It comes from what the uh, Romans did to uh, just... Yeah, the Romans yeah. named it, and it yeah. means something, and I've completely forgotten what it was. But it's really important yourself to look back at the history of, of this land, and that the Jews were completely eradicated, and they tried to eradicate everything to do with it. The temple, they burnt the city, they, they knocked down all the houses, and now Israel have found that they're, they're discovering, after layer of layer of layer, they're discovering everything that was described in, say, in Jesus' time. They found the streets of Jerusalem, they found the, some, some of the steps up to the temple, they found um, even inscriptions in, in Hezekiah's tunnel. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to turn my my um, my radio off because I can hear my echoing. Um, and, so, and, and so there's no proof. Anyway, what happened over those 2,000 years is people came and went. But the land got completely left to the jackals, basically. It just became uninhabitable. And so the only people that could live there were nomads. And so nomads came into the area, and over time, you know, people came and went. And it really wasn't until around, I don't know, the 18th century or something, they started building in Jerusalem all these different um, Christian temples and the mosque and the um, all, all over Jerusalem because it became the holy city, and people learned that from scriptures. And so... And so people don't understand that there's there's no particular people what were there before except Israel. Yes, I, and so and that's a big right. part of the uh, the argument is that only of all the places you could have a Israeli homeland or Hebrew homeland or Jewish homeland, the only place is Israel. That's it, uh, because and they have a they have a right to that. And if you dig, like you said, if you dig, you find uh, Hebrew remnants and Israeli remnants. Um, everywhere, everywhere. Like they're actually saying everywhere because yeah. every people that took over Jerusalem built their layer. Yeah. So, so, for instance, when they built the mosque, when the when the um, Ottoman Empire, and even before that, because there was a different empire, but during the Ottoman Empire, you know, they they built like 
um, so they didn't have to walk up to the mosque. They built over the top of all the remains that were there. That's right. So, yeah, so people don't realize that that's, that's why you're able at the moment to practically walk under the mosque, because that's the old city of Jerusalem. But, but something I wanted to say as well is that Zechariah is a really interesting um, book, if anybody wants to read it, because it talks about how um, Israel was going to have enemies that would constantly come up against them. And it was because they didn't, they didn't um, keep to their law. They, they, weren't, they weren't truthful. They, weren't, they didn't love their God. They kind of went against God, in a sense. And you could see that in Jesus' time, because the Pharisees were really completely off. They yeah. created these laws, and they did it for pride, and they did it for all the wrong reasons. And it says in Zechariah um, 12, in verse 9, and it says, It shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So even God is against the nations that come against Jerusalem, not that he won't spare them to some degree. But then Zechariah 14 is about the Mount of Olives where it splits when Jesus returns. The That's only right. reason why this is happening is because it forces the Jews to call upon the Messiah and That's accept correct. Jesus. Yes, that so. that is all correct. And I think, you know, when you when you get into the religious element, I actually heard somebody who's a Christian actually deny that there's a religious element to this. I'm like, what are you reading? You know, if you uh, if you read mm. any of it, there's a religious element. You know what's on top, what's written in uh, on top of the Dome of the Rock, uh, which is the mosque, the uh, Muslim mosque on Temple Mount. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. It it says a quote from uh, the Quran that says uh, Allah himself will not take a child. Basically, God has no son, which is a statement really against Christianity, um, which is interesting, uh, and especially where that's located. It's a it's there is a tax written, um, and they can go in all directions. Okay, in, in the history of things, um, but mm-hmm. it's very. Like you said, it's the holy city, and uh, the battle ultimately is about that, about Jerusalem. Um, and you you find that out when you read some of the uh, Hamas stuff. It's not about land. They, in fact, uh, the Palestinian Arabs at the time in 1947 were offered their own state. There would be two states. The two state solution was offered, and they said no because they rejected mm-hmm. the whole idea that Israel would have a state at all. And, uh, yeah, the... and and they want Jerusalem because it's the third holiest site in 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 their belief, in that, their Muslim belief. And that's correct. It isn't about wanting the land; it's about wanting yeah that area. And that's Jerusalem, a and, yeah. Right. Hey, thank you for your call on that. That is uh, correct. Yeah. And uh, you know, anybody can look that up. That's I think part of the disturbing part that we're seeing from academia, where so much is said that is uh, blatantly false and untrue. There are certain things that uh, you can debate. But certain things are really not debatable. And the the piece that we cannot lose sight of is that spiritual piece, that if you really get into this, uh, it's for a lot of people, for Hamas and some other groups, it's not about land. It's about Jerusalem, and not because of the dirt, but because of the uh, understanding of the holiness uh, to that religion uh, being there. And uh, it's if you don't understand that, you'll never get this. Every president of the United States tries to solve this problem in their third year of whatever term. Uh, this is the third year of Biden's term, and guess what we're talking about? Uh, third year of Trump's term, that was there too. Uh, Obama, everybody, it's, it sends, tends to be the third year. I think what it is is they think if they win a Nobel Prize or something or they do something great, they'll breeze to reelection. 
I think the failure of all of it is that this is a 5,000-year-old problem, and you're not going to solve it uh, unless you get into that religious element. 888 you're not going to solve it anyway because uh, you won't. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Jesus solves it uh, when he comes back. Uh, Karen in Anaheim, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm glad you corrected yourself. It, it is unsolvable only because there are principalities and powers at work here. This is, a, like you said, a 5,000-year-old problem. Right. Jesus solves and, it at the end. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, as far as humans go, I have always been proud to be first a Christian, and, and I happen to be a very far-right-leaning conservative. But no matter what side you lean politically, there is no my truth, your truth. There are opinions. But what is not an opinion is is the fact that they, like you said, you read their charter yesterday, the Palestinian, uh, I'm sorry, the um, Hamas. Was it Hezbollah? Hamas, I'm sorry. Yeah, their charter. These people do not, if there was a two-state solution, we would have had this done years ago. They do not want to negotiate. They want Israel wiped off the map, including America, but it's, it, but, but as far as Israel and them go, it goes way back. And that people want, that there's 18% of conservatives, I'm sorry, or Christians that are behind this these memes and this horrible stuff that they're saying about about Israel, I want, we should all check ourselves. I think what separates conservatives, or I should say Christians, from our opponents politically and and, uh, in worldview is that we check ourselves. If if what we believe to be the truth turns out, if you show us support that we are wrong, we will rethink our view. Please, I ask you, if you are, find yourself spewing hatred about Jews, I want you to check yourself. If you're a Christian, check the Bible. Really search your heart, because we call out our own. And that's what differs us from them, and we have to keep doing it. You know, when Jesus said, take the log out of your own eye, I think it encompasses all of this. That if, exactly. you, if you cannot do that to yourself, you're not going to see clearly enough to take the speck out of your, your neighbors, right? Or the people who might be opposed to you. Um, so that yeah. that matters. And what happens is, is that when you're open to debate and you're open to argument, when you're open to an opposing view, that person might be right about some things, you know, maybe not everything, right. but maybe some things, or maybe you're wrong about most things. You know, if we embrace what is true, we're going to get along with people and that furthers our ability to teach the gospel. Uh, you know, the, that's why I was warning about you know, anti-Semitism on any side, because it takes away from any truth that you might have, um, you know, if you're going to do that. Karen, uh, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about a couple other things that are in the news. I know this is a big deal. Take your calls on it if you want to call, but uh, a couple other things uh, going on as we uh, finish the Pastor Scott Show Thursday edition. You can follow me right now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or, or X for the Twitter people. It is at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us now at kkla.com. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show Thursday edition continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It's good to be with you. We've had a lot of serious conversation today because of events in Israel. Of course, we'll be talking about that, I think, for a while. And uh, there's other news going on. I won't get into a, a lot of that, but uh, I, I found I read something funny on the uh, the Twitter machine 
somebody I don't know anything about this guy, so hopefully he's okay. His name's Walter Kim. He, I don't. This made me laugh out loud. He said, "In about six years, I'm going to take one of the 400 incandescent bulbs my wife has squirreled away, and I'm going to secretly screw it into a lamp in a room full of young people who've known only the sad gray new bulbs, and then I'm going to switch it on and transform their world. It'll, it'll, it always used to look like this. I'll say." Then I will offer to lead them. <laughs> I don't know. That just made me laugh. Uh, you know, there there are some better incandescent or uh, what are these uh, these new lights that we have? What are they called? Are they LEDs? The fancy schmancy? Uh, they're supposed to be saving energy lights uh, on there. There's some there's some that are good and there's some that are bad. We replaced a bunch in the sanctuary at our church one time, and it looked terrible. And it was really interesting. It, it literally, the color of the light changed the entire ambiance of the room. And uh, like, and it, it wasn't comfortable. It was very strange that that happened. But somebody found a, a different kind and it was a different color. And then we put those in and it worked fine. Um, 888-528-2557. Uh, I would be remiss uh, being in here uh, in Los Angeles and uh, not mention uh, how we feel about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Humiliations galore. That's pretty much how I explain this se- this season. Uh, Humiliations galore. Yeah, the, you know, to get swept by the uh, Diamondbacks, uh, that's just quite a thing, actually. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who... And if you don't know, the Dodgers won 100 games. They were the third best team in all of baseball. But the Dodgers have struggled in uh, the postseason. One of my good friends always likes to let me know that the Dodgers, he'll just say it very frankly, and it's funny, he'll go, oh, the Dodgers are a great uh, regular season team. And uh, I am, I'm just frustrated with it. You know, I mean, to lose to uh, the Diamondbacks. Humiliations galore. To lose three in a row to the Diamondbacks. Humiliations galore. It was just a rough, uh, rough series. But the Dodgers are out. You know, what's funny is Bob Costas, who was one of the baseball announcers, uh, he put out a tweet after the game saying the Dodgers still have a chance to come back in this series. And everyone's roasting him for it because it's over. The series, it's a five-game series. They lost three in a row to Arizona. And uh, the reason he put that, they said later, is that he actually meant to send it earlier in the game that the Dodgers still have a chance to come back. And uh, that would have been true. But as soon as the game's over, uh, there's absolutely no chance for the Dodgers season, just in case you were confused. All that's left is this. Humiliations galore. All right, 888-528-2557. You know, last year, the Dodgers lost to the Padres on the, uh, in the division series. That's the first round of the playoffs, if you're not tracking. And uh, at least it was the Padres, and you sort of felt good for them. And, you know, the Dodgers had the opportunity to beat the Giants in a one-game playoff. That was like the World Series. I think it was a best of three, actually. And they, they won that, so that felt pretty good. But uh, this year has just been rough. Humiliations galore. And I thought about this, and I wrote down... And this maybe makes it more relevant to us. I think that the Dodgers, or when you're in a team and you're that good from a standpoint of talent, and you can't win the big games, you can't win when it matters, I feel like it's a matter of heart. I feel like that that the Dodgers' problem is they don't have a heart for it. That they used to, a few years ago, they, they used to, 2017, you know, I think, 18, uh, that's a that's a problem that's not talent. It is management or it is upstairs. Something is going on with the... Do you want to hear a crazy stat? Yeah. 
So the last three years they've lost to a team that's won 15 less games to them than them. All three years. All the last three years they've been eliminated. Yeah. See, it's one thing to win in the regular season, but it's another thing to be able to win when the pressure's on. And I do think that's a matter of of heart. You know, the we talked about the Phillies the other day because one of their players, uh, Trace, uh, what's his name? Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Trey Turner, one of the best players in the game, was having a terrible year. And the Philly fans, you know, they're booing him and everything like they do. And uh, somebody on social media said, hey, let's not do that. Let's instead just give him a standing ovation. And he was having a terrible year for the type of player that he is. And they gave him a standing ovation every time he came to bat for the next couple of games. And they encouraged him. And it spurred him on. And since then, he's done super well, and so is the whole team. The Phillies might end up being the world champion this year. And if they are, they're a talented team, but it's because of heart. It's because they really want it. It's because of the teamwork, of willing to work together. You know, that matters, I think, for for all of us. Do you ever feel like you just sort of lost your heart, you lose your energy, you know, towards something you love or something that's important? Maybe that happens to you spiritually. We have our, our ups and downs. You know, if, if that's where you are, uh, pray to God and ask him to give you a heart and passion for the people that he has placed in your life. You can't save the world. You know, the church is called to make disciples of all nations, the capital C church. Everybody who is a believer collectively as the church does that. But you, as part of the temple of the Holy Spirit, your job is just the people that God has placed in your life the people that you live with or that you live next to or that you work with or you go to school with or the people that you interact with on a regular basis. You know, when you, if you think it's all up to me to fix everything, well, you can't. But if you think, you know what, I can impact one person or I can impact, you know, a handful of people that I see every day for the positive, uh, you can do that. And a way to get your heart back, if you're feeling spiritually dry, you're feeling like, you know, I'm I'm just not sure about... Uh, where I am in the faith. Would you take a minute and ask yourself, am I really honestly trying to make disciples and do what Jesus wants me to do? A very simple thing. And the, the easiest way to ask yourself that question is, do I pray for the people around me? Do I pray that they grow in their faith or that they would uh, come to faith if they don't know the Lord yet? Am I praying that God would use me in their life in some way that would glorify him? If you're not even praying for that, then I would say that's where you start. You start right now, right today, that the way that things get better, you may not be able to change the world, but you can change your world. You can have an impact on the world you live in and the world that the people around you live in by following Jesus, by praying for the people that you work with, by caring for them. It's not always that you're going to share your faith in some uh, you know specific you know way. Sometimes you're just going to be present for somebody who's going through a hard time. You're going to become the person that somebody would lean on if they're having a hard time. You're going to be uh, that person who everybody's glad when you show up and nobody's happy that you called in sick. You ever work with people like that? I have before. Nobody around here, by the way, for everybody listening. But, uh, you know, sometimes I've worked in places where when somebody calls in sick, everybody in the office is happy about it. You're not happy that person is sick like you're not mean, but you're sure glad they're not there. That should not be you, right? That should not That should not be – if people are happy when you call in sick, uh, you got to change your attitude. There's something not good about uh, about that. Um, don't be that person. Make sure that you're the person who – 
uh, people are glad to have around. And that means that you work hard. It means that you do your job. It means that you treat people with respect. I think it also means that you pray for people, that people know you're not just there for a paycheck or you're not just there for an education or you're not just there simply because that you live there, but you're there as an ambassador of Christ. That's a real thing. And your spiritual heart, your ability to worship on Sunday morning when you go to church or Saturday night, if you go Saturday night, your ability to enjoy a Bible study, your ability to pray, all of that eventually comes down, I think, to are you doing what God wants you to do? And, you know, if you are, you see the Lord do amazing things. The closer you get to God in this way, the more you're following Jesus, I believe the more you see. And in fact, the, the less that you follow Jesus, I think the less that you see. That's the way it is. It's about the heart. It's not about the talent. It's not about, you know, what you're, you know, oh, somebody's a better speaker than me or somebody uh, is just better at that than me. You know what? God's placed you around the people that you're around because you're the right person to be around those people, not somebody else. Trust him with that. Make a list of the people that you spend time with that are in your life. Don't make it more than like 15 people and pray for them. Pray for them every day. Ask God to use you in your life. I promise you, if you do that, number one, God is going to use you in their life. You'll be amazed. You'll also grow spiritually, and you'll have the heart back for your faith. And the things that you struggle with, they'll start to get smaller. You'll start to deal with those things because it's not just about you. It's about your your ministry to the people. Everything gets better when we focus on the simple things that God has called us to do. I'm Scott Furrow. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5. You can get the podcast if you ever miss an hour just by going to wherever you get your podcasts. Look for the Pastor Scott Show and click subscribe. You can put that on your social media, send it to a friend, and uh, we appreciate when you do that. You can also follow me on social media right now at uh, Facebook, X or Twitter, or Instagram. Just look for at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. Everybody have a great night. God bless you. See you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.